Ta-da! From Chris and Andy's world, I present The Blue Baggers, a show dedicated to the Carlton Football Club, the old dark navy blues, the blue boys. So strap in, crack a tinny, relax, tally-ho, gents. Transmission beginning, three, two, one... Hello, Chris and Andy here with the Blue Baggers podcast. This show comes to you less than 24 hours after an 11-12-78-10-8-68 victory over the Saints. The sleeping giant has awoken. Chris, you're right, the sleeping giant has awoken. We had uh, David Teague last night, uh, yesterday in his press conference, talking about the sleeping giant and 51,786 people yesterday at the MCG. It was a huge game. Yeah, it was a big crowd and it was a passionate crowd. It did. It felt like it was entirely, it was like a bit of a Princess Park day where it felt like it was a real... Uh, cauldron, is that the word you're looking yeah, at? Cold, yeah, cauldron is a is a good word to describe it. It was uh, just a huge crowd and it felt like um, the, the majority were Carlton supporters and it was just a great atmosphere after the game. When that siren went, when the song went, it was just uh, unbelievable. Yeah, without a doubt, the majority of support there was for Carlton, which is great to see. And I think Pat, Paddy Cripps and, yeah, as you said, David Teague have both made mention to our awesome crowd, even our Daisy Thomas. So, yep. well done, Blue Baggers. Well done, Blues. Yeah, made one hell of a noise there as supporters. And, look, it was a fantastic day in terms of the weather. Um, Saturday, Saturday afternoon Where else football. Where do you want to be? It's just the, at the G. There's probably nowhere else you'd rather be. Um, look, in terms of the game... You know, as much as we, as much as we uh, loved it, it was a pretty scary first half, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly was, and I feel like we're banging our heads against the wall a little bit, and keep going back to a game of two halves in uh, our poor first halves. But uh, certainly, the second half was because what do we? The Saints got out to a. I think at one stage I might have been twenty four points. Twenty four points, yeah. And we was, picked the baggers about eleven points at half time. It was. It was. Yeah, about. Yeah, I think, so I think we just, were, just under two goals. Wrestled a little bit time. of momentum back in that second quarter, but the signs weren't fantastic. And, you know, we, we looked a little lethargic, I thought. We did, and St Kilda looked really quick. Um, they were winning the centre breaks. Um, we just kind of went back to what we've discussed in the previous weeks. I hate using the word, but dumb football, just kicking it to, to space, and they were just um, they were just capitalising on it and... Wasn't yeah, they were rebounding, anyway. weren't they? And they that's were, when yeah. their pace. I mean, we sort of you know tried to lock it in, but it came out fairly easily, and they were just they got on their horses and they were away. It did, but um, second half, great second half, and oh, fantastic second half. Yeah, it was as I mean, the football quality might not have been the best, but that wasn't really important, was it? No, look, it was an exciting game. I think for for any kind of AFL supporter, you can't can't argue that you know. And let's be honest, it's it's come off of what has been a huge week for the club. Huge week. Yeah, we'll discuss that. Obviously, we've had um, Daisy announcing his retirement as well as the appointment of a new coach, which is uh, doesn't happen every day. Yeah, so they, look, there were some distractions. Probably not the ideal week leading into a game against uh, you know your former coach as well. So yeah, and that would have been like we said last week. It's a battle of the uh, caretakers, and lucky for us this week, um, Teague got up, and I think we'll discuss a bit later that. You know, there could have been some interesting ramifications or mumblings or grumblings if if Ratten had have won, considering uh, we didn't actually interview him as part of the process for the coach. Yeah, look, we'll touch on that later, as you said, but you're exactly right. So it was, um, and look, you know, going into the game, even with the late out of Weedering being yep. replaced by Lang, um, you know, not ideal. Again, we had our three best tall defenders out. 
We did, and I, or I thought Lang was a bit of an interesting inclusion for Weedering, considering last week I said that I didn't think Lang would get another game for the year, given his uh, kind of last month has been pretty ordinary. Yeah, well, he, he got dropped last week, so you're spot on with that one. But um, yeah, he came in in a small replacing at all. I don't think it hurt that way, but it just meant that back line was undermanned. And uh, I guess enter sort of Nick Newman in that role and standing in front of packs, getting crunched. Um, we were definitely a bit undersized, but uh, it didn't seem to hurt us too much. We adapted, which is you know, very pleasing with your three best defenders and have been in very good form. All three of those, I mean, March Bank hasn't played much of the... Of the year, unfortunately, but certainly Jones and Weedering have been the uh, the twin towers down there. And I think Ratton had the right idea when he threw Carlisle forward, really was going to test that shorter back line. Uh, luckily for us, apart from a uh, bit of a contentious goal to Carlisle, apart from that, I think we uh, held up really well. And, and you're right, Newman, Simpson, that back line, uh, SPS, even uh, um, Setterfield. Yeah, that played in that defensive defensive half was was quite good yesterday. Yeah, and look, that's it's hats off to uh, David Teague for his coaching because uh, a lot of sides with your three leading defenders being out, the talls anyway, uh, might have struggled. But we devised a game plan and it worked because we got the win. We did, and so who, who do you think really stood out yesterday? I mean, we commented a bit earlier that it was the second half was it was brave football. I think that was a turnaround, wasn't it? That um, you know, some a couple of key moments which we took uh, it on. Yeah, we we took it on, but I think just generally we took it on, and I think yeah, two of those would be illustrated with a uh, Lockie O'Brien when he got the ball out on a mark on the wing and immediately stepped off and played on, took a couple of steps and hit lace out forward line for a goal, and that was probably just indicative of what the second half, what we were doing there compared to the first where we may have just held on to that mark and the opportunity might have been lost, but uh, he wheeled and he went and uh, quick goal as a result. And Simpson's uh, mark on the back flank where he's he's taken off, but he's you know had the presence of mind to have a look around him, saw where his opponent was, and then he had the space and just straight up the corridor where he delivered it lace out, which uh, re- resulted in a goal for us. Yeah, and for me, that was uh, play of the day easily. It just, uh, when the game was there to be won in the balance, uh, it, it was brave. It was brave to play on. Um, he only had what, a step on his opponent yep. and marking. And if you for a 35-year-old bloke to, to step off that quickly, run through the corridor, and then just hit the lace-perfect pass out to the DeLuca goal. Yeah, Huge. and look, it just shows that what a couple of seconds can actually it just makes all the difference it's the difference between slamming on your boot or kicking around the corner to just having that presence of mind to 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 steady to assess your options and you can just you know the Simpson O'Brien ones are just perfect examples of what we can do when we just kind of slow it down and just have a look yeah and I think look confidence plays a big part with that it's a good thing and I think that's a difference between you know the the better teams and the poorer teams as well and even in in game the change of a style I guess and fortune so yep yeah I thought that was good brave football and yeah clearly showed because we outplayed them that second half speaking of bravery captain Paddy Cripps how did you see his game and obviously what we didn't know until after the game was that he was suffering from a an ear infection ear infection yeah and I believe he was actually in hospital for the morning so to come in and play um and he'd flown his family over as well according to David Teague so it's it's a big what Teague said that um 
he, he didn't have the money to, 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 to fly, fly him back the next week, so he had to play this week. Yeah, which is, which is pretty humorous, and he might have less of it if we end up getting Cornelio, but uh, once again, <laughs> we'll discuss a bit later. But uh, yeah, look, it was a brave performance. It wasn't his best performance. Um, you know, he had a bigger game last week, but still 22 touches. Uh, and he was tagged heavily oh, by it, Jack Steele, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was even double teamed at, at stages there. So, you know, I guess he probably played more of a decoy role and knew that if he played he was going to get the attention which would free up other players uh, so look yeah just brave 22 touches a lot of tackles yeah. and a lot of in and under work which uh you know a lot of stuff that you sometimes don't actually see at the game and it's hard to yeah. see at the game it isn't is, it when yeah. you're sitting that far away but um yeah i thought he was a good performance as always always a threat i found um probably one of the best games was from uh ruckman matty cruiser yeah, look, um, he was huge in that last quarter. I think, especially he, uh, he, he really... was just stopping everything coming out of our forward fifty, wasn't he? Taking yeah. those marks um, across the center of the ground, and geez, he could have kicked two. Go- Imagine he kicked two goals. Yeah, he normally doesn't miss those. No, no, it was all set, wasn't it? I think it was the Crips sort of uh, faking handball inside, yep. and Cruiser running into an open goal. And they're usually yeah, he's bread and butter. I fancy his chances there more than a set shot often, and uh, yeah. that would have brought the house down, but not to be. No, look, he had a, he had a fantastic game, and um, we didn't win the hitouts for the game, but he was just great around the ground. He's, you know, it's right in saying that he is, he's a second rover. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's heart and soul of the tractor, and uh, I guess that smother in the last quarter at the on the forward fifty, massive, uh, absolutely massive, just signified his intent and the intent of the team for the day. That was a big, big moment. And how did you find um, coming fresh off? Uh, was it a fat camp? Fat camp. Well, we they're not. That's not the politically correct term. Nah, we, did we come we, up with another was, name for it? Um, fitness camp. Fitness camps. Yes. Far, far more palatable. Far more. Two thousand and nineteen. So Mitch McGovern obviously had a bit of time to get fit. Obviously, he had a, um, a restricted preseason with his back injury and and everything like that. So that's fair enough. But he looked. Oh, the good. team looks so much better when he's in there and yeah. he's fit and firing. What he kicked three goals, but. Provided and took one hell of a mark, mark as well, yeah. massive mark. Um, he was moving freely, he was dominating. He, he's he's got presence about him. That's what I really sort of like about him. A lot of people have. Um, there's been a, a bit of controversy that you know that we did take him, um, maybe paid too much for him. I totally disagree. I think he's a real natural footballer. Um, you know he's he's like his brother. He's not the perfect body type, and he never will be. No, but never you, you don't need to. You don't need to be a, you know, we've, we've had plenty of footballers that are yeah, look that great, looked, looked beach great. bodies. Yeah, beach bodies, but couldn't uh, handle the football. So McGovern, he's a very smart footballer. He's looking great um, in terms of he's lost a bit of weight and he's gotten fit and he, he did have the excuse that he, he did miss a lot of preseason, but uh, look, we're a better team with him. Yeah, and look, he's playing with a lot of passion, which is great to see and I always endear him to the Blues faithful that way. And look, don't forget, he's possibly the fastest player at the club too, which is surprising for a lot of Serious? people. Yeah, straight line speed uh, when they've been recording uh, yeah, Jeez. pace. Uh, he's More than Mackay. Yeah, I think so, in, in oh. game anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah, so he can move. He is an athlete, but just may not look exactly no. like one. I no. Mean, and, runs and, fast, jumps high. He's, and, and he's kicked, um, you know, he's kicked, he's done enough this year for, for a first year player at Carlton, not a first-year player, but, you know, he's he's kicked some goals when needed to, and 
Um, and He's next, missed a fair bit of footy as well. Next year and beyond are the important times for him. Um, exactly we haven't right. recruited him for one year no. for this year. So, And don't you love seeing the uh, the jumper grab after a goal? Yeah, can't help but like it. Love no, no, it. I love it. It just, it, it's inspiring. I love it. Um, another thing I um, was having a look through at the paper today, just how many intercept marks we took. And again, we're saying that we're and that's without free, the, without free tools. Yeah, and that's and without the, And the, best. the intercept mark specialist. Liam Jones. Though someone might have taken over. The mantle. Yeah, go ahead. Big Levi. Big Levi. How he good was. has he been this year? How good has he been the last few weeks? Yeah, he um he took nine intercept marks yesterday. Just, he was massive. He was floating in yeah. the air. Yeah. He'd just float over the top of the pack and take critical marks. Best pair of hands in the comp? Oh, you'd have to say so, wouldn't you? Mm. I'm Jeez. just very confident when the ball's in the air and he's hitting a marking contest or a pack. And his kicking, just in general play, is his kicking for goal and his kicking general play has improved beyond sight. So he had, he had a huge day. Huge, um, I think, but what ten? What did he say? How many marks? Nine intercept marks. Nine intercept marks. I think he had twenty touches around the ground. Yep, and filled that back line hole that we had and did it admirably. So you know, yep. you, we've got a riches of tall defenders if they're all fit and it we, makes it interesting for yeah. next year. Yeah, look, and um, obviously he's a free agent at the end of the year. Um, sign him, hundred percent. Sign him. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Have to sign him. We just we look a better football team when he's in there. Which... I know. Last year he was testing himself on the market and didn't have any suitors by the looks of it. No. Nothing that was gonna gonna sway him from leaving Carlton. But gee, I reckon after the year he's had, you know, he's. He's been best on ground a couple of times. There'd have to be clubs that are interested in him. And the fact that we've got quite a few talls, both forward and back, it makes me worried that um, he believes he might not be in the best 22. But I, I think he, we have to keep him because it shows when we've got injuries this year with you know, Marchbank and, and Weedering and Kerno. And we do have some injury-playing players on our list. We certainly do. And the thing about Casbold is at least he can play in the ruck. Um, he could be the most versatile player in the AFL right now. He well, can play in the ruck. Exactly he can right. go forward. He can go back and play them equally as well as each other. Yeah, I think um, we'd be absolutely stupid to let him go. And look, I hope that he repays the faith that we've shown in him for a lot of years because, you know... Um, I think it'd be silly for him to, to think elsewhere now at the age of maybe he's 29, thereabouts. Yeah, he's been a one-club player yeah. his whole career. Carlton Football Club have stood by him for a long time when he wasn't playing so well. Say Carlton man growing up? He was a Carlton man growing yep. up too. So you, you find it surprised, especially with the place Carlton is now and yep. you know all the hype. And you know, Can we, we play we him heading. with... If we're fully fit, and look, that is a big if, but can we play Kerno, Marchbank, Weedering, Jones, Ploughman, Mackay, yeah, McGovern? Look, it becomes interesting and there's a real squeeze on... Spots aren't there, um, but, but that's I, what you want to keep. You, you want to keep your team competitive, and you know, let's say McGovern or Mackay aren't playing that well next year. You want that competitiveness that we can put in a Levi or someone where they're, they're fighting for spots. Yeah, and look, that's exactly right. And I think we had a discussion before the start of the year where Levi Casbolt sits in this team, and we thought, well, it's, we're in a better place now that he's considered depth and won't get a game 100%. unless there are injuries, and that's happened. And yep, he's come in performed with a plum. Yeah, look, couldn't agree more, Chris. Um, I wouldn't mind touching on uh, Nick Newman. And his oh, role. Nick and Newman. He's been, I mean, we know he's been good this year. He's been one hell of a pickup. Um, a one massive pickup. One yeah. of the best in the comp, surely, yeah. for not much. But uh, yesterday he had a different game. He was really having to help out 
you know, the the tall stock or the lack of it in our in our back line. And geez, he stood under quite a few packs and got crunched a couple of times, but really, really helped the side out. Yeah, and look, his uh, disposal efficiency for the game was up around ninety percent. He was excellent yesterday. There's just something to like about a left-footed footballer. Yeah, and, and a bloke. A he plays with a lot of passion too. You he can does. see it in his eyes, can't you? No, look, he, um, there was a little bit of a melee last week against Richmond. He was at the uh, at the bottom of the pack. He, he can get fired up and he's... Look, we've got some really good uh, players off that half-back and obviously um, we had the Daisy retirement announcement yeah, this week. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of that, how did you think he performed? He was excellent. I think he was similar to Newman in that way, helping out the tools, playing a slightly different role. He was in... I tell you, a really special moment was in that uh, last quarter with about two minutes to go. He did his famous little balk. Dancing Daisy. Dancing Daisy. And the crowd went The crowd just bananas. stood up, didn't they? Yeah. It was, it was really good. And geez, He's had a really good a really good year and he's he's played a lot of football for Carlton now. I know it's it was a very slow start to his Carlton career, but he obviously had the injury round one a couple of years ago. But he's, you know, he's transformed himself into a really good defender. I kind of... Um, I don't know where you sit on this, but I wouldn't mind seeing him play on next year in a potential forward role. Why? Why couldn't you do that? Yeah, well, you know, it's an interesting thing, you know, one because um, yeah, he's he's playing at a, a very good level at the moment. What are we sure. missing at the moment? Yeah, well, that's I mean, there's a few things for still listening. I'm missing. I mean, the small forward would be right up there, but um, yeah, Daisy, we had this discussion about Daisy and Cade Simpson a couple of weeks ago, and yep. you know whether we were, the list could afford to keep both of them on, and if so. Who, if there's only one, who would it be? Um, you'd, be you'd love to keep the two of them. You, you would, but would, yeah. Uh, I, and I can understand that, you know, we can't... Again, with a fit list, you've got Stocker, you've got Williamson, you've got all these defenders come back, Doherty. Um, so maybe there isn't a role for him in that back half, because I'd personally prefer to see Simpson there. I think Simpson has the legs in him to go another one or two years. So... I, I'm thinking, you know, again, you're only kind of as good as your depth. You keep him in for another year. He might even have a little bit of a, you know, his disposal's good. He's not as quick as he once was, but could be a forward option because we certainly, um, you know, while we've got the big big tools at the moment, we don't really have any small forwards that are doing much for us. No, no. And look, it's a real pity. And I think it's an issue with the AFL list system that we currently have in place that we the game might lose him. Mm. Someone who's very capable at AFL level and now. And reasonably young. And still reasonably young, you know, if there was a veterans list like they used to have or something like that, a little supplementary list to keep some of those players yep. in the game. Because um, who doesn't want to see some of those better players, some of those bigger names exactly. stay on? But uh, look, if it's not going to be a Carlton by the looks of things, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gold Coast or, you know, similar put their hand up for, for a one-year contract because he, he's too playing too good a footy to not be playing on an AFL list next year. Yeah, and, and wherever he goes, um, wish him all the best, obviously, because he, um, he's given us some good well, highlights. He, he bleeds blue, doesn't he? He's, he does, uh, yeah. From someone who was an ex-Collingwood player. That's, yeah. uh, there well, aren't too many of those, are I asked him on the Sunday footy show this morning, where, do you, where does your allegiance lie? Obviously, you won the premiership with, with Collingwood. But, like you said, he still wears the, the navy blue at the moment. He's about 50-50, which is, you know, it's a big call when, you know, they're... Comp- Polar opposite clubs, as we well know. And I, and I think he might be the first player to play 100 games for both Collingwood and for Carlton. Oh, didn't Mick McGuan play 100 games for yeah, Carlton? Yeah, yeah, maybe he was 98 short. Yeah. But um, yeah, so look, and good scenes at the end of the game. I mean, the players got around him as soon as yeah. that siren went. They ran straight to him. He got the chance to hold his daughter, I think it's Matilda, yep. and carry her off. And, you know, we were certainly there cheering on. Um, You know, quite a raucous crowd at the end. So, yeah, certainly was. you know, it's a special moment. 
It was, Chris. So we'll move on to uh, three, two, and one. How did you see the game? Yeah, well, look, you know, I think the standout for me in the clear three votes will be Casbolt, and I'll go from the top with this one. Yep. Um, then, you know, sort of for the two votes, Cruiser was my next selection. And then once again, coming to that sort of the one vote, you could have thrown a blanket over a whole heap of players. Um, I've gone with Mark Murphy. So three, two, one, Casbolt, Cruiser, Murphy. Yeah, mine's looking very similar to that. I've got three votes, obviously, Casbolt, two for Cruiser for a huge game around the ground. And I've given one vote to Mitch McGovern. Yeah, I like it. Kicked three goals. I like it. And yeah. he looked I mean his first quarter wasn't apart from that mark, he was a little bit um a little bit shaky, but he certainly got into the game, didn't get an injury. And didn't pull a McGovern. No, didn't pull McGovern. He didn't. I don't think we saw him on the bench at all, did we? No, Track no. Suit or no? Nope. He was um, he was fit and firing yesterday, and three goals in a in a game when we only won by ten points. Um, has to get the one vote for me. Good votes. Alrighty, so let's talk about who's got a lift. Yeah, who's got a lift? You know, you don't like doing this after a big win, and we won't dwell on it too long. No, no, we'll keep this one winning. short and sweet. Like you said, ten point ten point win. We've been doing well, but there are some players that maybe could have had a bit of a better game and maybe their form over the last couple of weeks hasn't been great. Yeah, and I think that's the key with this one. We're probably going to be repeating ourselves a little bit like you know, from what we discussed last week and the same players as last week. But um, yep. the first one for me is uh, Darcy Lang. Yeah, Darcy Lang, um, eight disposals again, kicked a good goal. And he came in as an emergency, sort of, you know, we, we appreciate yeah. that, but regardless he's still out in the ground and he still plays the game as long as anybody else so you've got you've just got to do better than that yeah um no i didn't have a great game um going on again from last week and i hate to say it with a young fella but zach fisher again he, he looked like he was lost out there he was running around blind for mine um i paid particular attention i didn't notice him the first quarter at all then from there i thought no i'll keep an eye on him and uh he had just, a good third quarter I think he had yeah, six disposals. And then, but, yeah, you got you got more disposals, but then they were, they weren't clean disposals. A couple no. of handballs to people on the run that just set them up for the, for the tackle. It just wasn't hitting targets. So he, yeah, I, this, I don't know whether it's a form thing, whether he's carrying injury, but he doesn't look half the player he did in the preseason. No, look, I'm sure he'd agree that it hasn't been his best year, and. Yeah, I think put him, I mean, for the one game left, like I said last week, I think they'll continue to play him. There's only one game left. Yeah. But he, he want, he'll want to have a big preseason next year and hopefully find a bit more form because his, his first year was yeah. unbelievable. And look, I think those issues are still there. <laughs> he he yep. gives you nothing in the air. Yep. And he's very much that left-sided player. So you know which way to corral him. How did you find Matthew Kennedy's game? Yeah, look, I was a little bit disappointed in him. Um, in the game he put out there, he, he, he looks slow. I mean, we know he's not the quickest player, but he just looks slow to me. And that, as a result, where do you play him? Um, on the MCG, it's a big field. It's a big oval. There's yeah. nowhere to, to hide. And as stands out to me is just uh, when we were kicking out of the back line, he had probably 15 metres on his opponent, and he was leading to sort of that defensive 50-metre arc. He had 15 metres, head start, and by the time the ball was kicked out there, um, he just he couldn't get there, and his opponent just completely closed the gap, and he basically took possession, got tackled immediately, uh, and you know he had a lot of space, and it just he looked incredibly slow. He's which, not playing his natural game, obviously, because he's playing a forward kind of role. So I don't think we expect him to get as much 
disposals as he as he should be. He played in the twos last week where he was playing his more traditional midfield role, had 28 disposals. So I think there has to be a bit of a leeway with Kennedy in that he's obviously not playing his natural game. Um, Will maybe, he get a chance to play that, though? What's keeping him out of there? Well, you know, obviously better, Paddy better, Cripps is better there. Better players Setterfield. in midfield. Yeah. Well, Setterfield's not even really getting a huge nah, run well, he played midfield. back line, didn't he? Yeah. So, look, obviously there's a, a master plan maybe with Kennedy. Um, like I said before, we've got a, a real shortage of forwards, so we're trying something with him. And he kicked four goals a few weeks ago. Exactly. So, um, you can't say that he's out of form as such because when he goes back to the twos, he's getting 28 disposals when he's playing in his natural environment. So, hopefully... Pre-season again, and he's had a few interrupted ones, we yeah, know that, and last he year he's definitely interrupted with that foot injury that just kept coming back. That's it. Look, um, what I want to do is, I'm just going to quickly run through every player that played yesterday. Is this a new se- it's segment? A new, it's a new segment. I'm trialling it out. Good. What I'm going to I'm just going to name the player. Yep. I'm going to call this Clip or Clap. I said Clip, not Crip. Yep. But it could be Crip. The great man. Just Crip anything, really. <laughs> clip or clap. I'm just going to name the player and you just give me a clip if you think their game yep. wasn't great or a clap if you if you were happy with their game. I think okay? this is simple enough for, for me to understand. You're looking at me with crazy eyes, so I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the explanation, though. <laughs> Do you want me to go through it again? Ah, uh, no, let's give it a try. <laughs> Matty Cruiser. Clap. Ed Kerno. Clap. Mark Murphy. Clap. Gibbons. Clap because he hurt his shoulder. Okay. Am I allowed to have an ancillary sort of? Yeah, you can give it. Yeah, I would like an ancillary occasionally. All right. Yep. Yep. Um, Matt Kennedy, we've discussed. We're going to go clip. Clip. Will Setterfield. I'll go clap. He didn't have much of it, but what he did, he did fairly well. And I'll just add to that, I... um. I thought he had a, an actually an okay game. After the game, I had a look at the stats. He only had eight disposals, but he also went at 100% disposal efficiency, which makes me now realise why when I watched the game, I was impressed with him. Yeah, and look, that's interesting. That's turned it around because we're sort of arguing he was getting a fair bit of it earlier in the year, but not using it well. So that's, yeah, I guess, a pleasing sign. He'd rather play be clean. But yeah, and he, look, if he did his role in the back line, then he probably doesn't need to get a whole heap of it. DeLuca. Ooh, well, let's go with... Uh, I'm going to go clip. Clip for DeLuca. Just because, you know, we've got to balance it out a little. That's it. Sam Walsh. Clap. Petrescu Seaton. But he was down on his game a little. He was, but... but yeah, certainly clap. Um, Petrescu Seaton, clap. Harry Mackay. Clap, but come on, kick those goals. You just lost all confidence. Yeah, he needs to... Uh, where's Severio? Yeah, where's Severio when you need him? Where is the big Sav? I don't know. He needs um, a little. He needs a lot of Sav. He needs to. Um, one of my uh, one of my mates that I go to the footy with made a good comment. He just he looks nowhere in that run up. Yeah, it just doesn't have any kind of um, structure about it, and the eyes are darting. And I don't know. Just go back and kick him. He can kick him for fifty, as yeah, we saw. Yeah, yeah. Well, that game sealer was huge, but the set shots no good. They're going left. They're going right. Nick Newman. Clap. Levi Casbolt. Clap. Cade Simpson. Clap. Mitch McGovern. Clap. Jack Silvani. Clap. A lot of clapping. Lockie Plowman. That's an interesting one. Um, let's go with the clap. Mm-hmm. Small clap. Golf clap. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You did, you yeah. did for um, It's hard to sort of hold anyone in that back line yeah. stood up to. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't. I, well, I wouldn't clip him, put it though. You're right. Uh, Dale Thomas. Clap. Big clap. Darcy Lang. Clip. Fisher. Clip. Paddy Dow. Clap. You know, do we want to touch on Paddy Dow's game? Well, yes, but after I mention this name, Lockie O'Brien. Clap. So we have previously said that when who needs to lift, we've mentioned Dow and we've mentioned O'Brien. So I think they both had good games. Which suggests they listen to this podcast. Yes. Clearly. Hi, Paddy. <laughs> yeah, look, they both had very good games. Uh, Dow, he said he needed to get more of it and did. I mean, sorry, I'll... Go on, Dow. Go on, Dow. Yep. Yeah, I'll talk about Dow. I mean, this first half, he looked like a deer in headlights. He Gave just, away a couple of uh, hospital oh, handballs in that forward 50. As soon yeah. as he got the ball, he was just looking to handball to anybody with a navy blue jumper on. Um, but the second half, he had a lot more composure. He got more of it, which is what we wanted. And um, Kicked a great goal. Yeah, and then kicked a very good goal. So, Like we touched on before, I think he's one of those players that he'll have the benefit of just that extra one or two seconds instead of just rushing yeah. with what he's doing. Yep. One or two seconds. He's a, he, He's got explosive pace. When he takes it on, he looks good. Yep. I don't even care if he stuffs it up after he sometimes takes it on. But if you just take that split second to think about what you're doing, he'll become a much better player. I think like Lockie O'Brien has. Take that step like O'Brien gets some of that confidence, which yeah. you know Teague might have instilled. Um, but I mean, Lockie O'Brien's a somewhat controversial player to some Carlton supporters who expect a lot more of him but um, look I'm very excited by his progress and the way he's coming on and he just gives us something we don't have and that's that yeah. run and carry and good use of the football in open space and I just think his issue at the moment is inconsistency and um, a couple of weeks ago he had 18 touches against I uh, was it Adelaide or no West Coast um, then he had a poor game the following game against Richmond and, and yesterday he was okay so second year player exactly let's just persevere everyone relax I know there's some people that um Really yeah. chip him, but I think we'll just persevere with him. I think he's going to be a good footballer. And the final one, Paddy Cripps. Clap. Applause. Yeah, big applause. So, Andy, David Teague had his first game in charge of the Mighty Blues as the installed head coach. How yes. Did, how do you feel about it? I mean, like we said before, it's been a big week. Yeah, massive week. I mean, it's not every week you get um, get a, a new coach. Sometimes for Carlton, it feels like it a little bit. We've had we've had quite a few in the last few years, but I'm really I'm happy that we got David Teague. Um, I think that I'm just a little bit uh, skeptical about this whole process you're we not, had. You're not going to be popular with this. How so? Oh, the Teague train. Just be careful. No, no, no. Say. Hang on, hang on. I've I've said for the last three previous podcasts, I want David Teague as the coach. However. I'm happy with the end result. I'm happy that Teague is now head of the table. But if reports are correct, and we obviously don't have the, uh, we're not in the inner sanctum, we don't know, but don't what's been- Don't pretend to be. Yeah, don't pretend to be. But the um, what's been reported is we've only had one other one other interview- Michael Voss. With Michael Voss, which is that a, that kind of makes me think, you know, why didn't we interview, I said last week to you, we're definitely going to interview Ratton. Yeah, which made us kind of look a bit foolish, didn't it? Was it a day well, after the last podcast? And- because what I've heard is that there was going to be a big process. process. There was there were f- uh, five people on the board. It was taken very seriously. We interviewed Voss. That's great. 
um, interviewed Teague, obviously. I just think I would have liked to have seen a couple more coaches interviewed. But in saying that, I wanted Teague. So yeah. I'm happy with the result, but how did we how we got to it? Maybe, uh, I don't know. Why do you think that we didn't interview Ratton? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not quite sure because, yeah, I completely agree with you when it comes to you know the process and we were going to uh, look wide. I mean, you can throw... Alistair Clarkson in there, no doubt they tried with yes, him. So yeah, that's I mean, three, that's three coaches. Enough. I might not have interviewed him, but um, you know, officially, but I'm sure they were in his ear uh, throughout. He must have said no, and then it was down to you know the remaining coaches who who were available. Um, I'm surprised I didn't interview Brett Ratton, but maybe Brett Ratton said he didn't want to interview whilst the the season was going, whilst he was at St Kilda. Maybe that would have harmed his chances a little bit at St Kilda, yep. where he might have been given assurances anyway. But um, yeah, look, I tend to agree and. Look, if the if the wheels do come off at any stage, I think that will be brought up about questioning the, the process and whether we all got caught up in the emotion. Hope, hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully Look, the wheels don't come off at any stage. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So there's always going to be um, people that criticise either either way, regardless. Yeah. So I mean, can you imagine if we'd if we'd interviewed quite a few more coaches and in the meantime, you know, hypothetically. Other clubs interviewed Teague, then we lost Teague, or we didn't appoint Teague, and we appointed someone else, and then Teague went on to... Co- so you, you can't win. Yeah. I think we've done the right thing. I think Teague, obviously, is a very popular guy amongst the supporters, including myself, the, the playing staff, uh, the playing group and the staff. So I think he's been a really good appointment. Yeah, and look, I think the, the important part about the timing of the appointment, too, is that it shows some stability now, and when we're out there looking for free agents, which you know we are, we're in the process, and that would have started a long time ago, to have a secure coach in place and you know the players clearly like and want to play for yep. is uh you know is, is a good move when it comes to any potential trading. And that's exactly what you said last week and um you can't underestimate that for free agents or potential suitors coming to the club in terms of players they want to see someone yeah exactly that's that's uh yeah you don't want to you don't want to come into a club where you don't know the coaches. Yes, yeah, so I guess from here we're we're all aboard the uh, the Teague train. Toot yep. toot. And well done on the win yesterday because it wasn't just so much about Carlton. It was, like we said, the battle of the caretaker coach. And, you know... Well, it wasn't by the time the game started. No, it wasn't. But, yeah, but, leading up to. But do you know what? We walk away with a win, which is great, but we also walk away with a Teague win. Yeah, uh, which, which is And really look, important. to be perfectly honest, he, he looks like an AFL coach. You know, yeah, he he's does. in control of his emotions, keeps them in check. The players absolutely love him. His strategy's yep. obviously been very good. It's, it's a good story. You know, you know, he teared up in his press conference. Um, yep. We'd love to see you know, that passion. Um, yep. So it's, it's, it's a good story. It's a good no, story for the I'm, Blues. I'm extremely happy we've got David Teague. Former player, former best and fairest winner. He's been elsewhere. He's not just in the boys' club. Um, yep. And I think he just brings a different style, different approach altogether. Yep, it's refreshing. So, so how we go. So Andy, we come to that section again called What's Giving You the Bradley Pitts? I've got a fair idea, but please go ahead. Bradley Pitts. There's a lot giving me the Bradley Pitts. How long do we have? Uh, let's keep it to two minutes. All right, then I'll... Um, one that got me in the week um, in relation to Carlton potentially signing probably the best free agent of the last couple of years. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Stephen Cornelio. Oh, you might go uh, Tom Lynch from Richmond, but... Who? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tom Lynch was good. Yeah. No, no. Stephen <laughs> Canelo. Certainly this oh, year and of the last few. He's absolutely. massive. Yeah, and of course. The best one from GWS. Best from G- from GWS, of course. What's given me the Bradley Pitts is uh, Gil McLaughlin. You know who he is? The Pickle. 
<laughs> Gil the deal. But do you know who he is? I've got a fair He's idea. He's the CEO yeah. of the yeah. AFL. Fairly important position. He came Neutral out. Neutral position, that one, isn't it? Yeah, well, he came out and said that he'd be disappointed if Keneally left GWS. And I just... You're not on your own with this one. This why, is infuriated. Why would fans. the CEO of the AFL come out... An impartial CEO. He he doesn't really have the right to be commenting on players' contract status or whether or not they're going to be leaving. Gillen and where, where he prefers players to be. Well, he's obviously got a... St- the, the AFL have got a big stake in GWS. Huge stake. They're, they're bankrolling the club. So don't... Yeah. So don't you, let that you get keep in your that, way. Yeah. You know, keep that private. Don't come out publicly you and know, make ridiculous comments like that. I'm sorry. Gil's been a pretty big... Um, advocate for the free agency market. Well, that's, a, that's the interesting thing. He's the one that introduced it and now it looks like he's trying to manipulate it, which is just ridiculous. I'm just, I'm I'm absolutely gobsmacked that he would come out. I, I mean, why the question was even asked to him uh, by journalists, you, you're kind of setting people up to fail some of these with some of these questions. But do you know what? You see, oh, you should have, um, you should be able to kind of nip that one in the bud because you shouldn't be answering that. And you certainly shouldn't be saying that you would be disappointed if Cornelio would leave GWS because that is not impartial. That's not the role of the CEO. And, mm. yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And I think if he had his time again, he probably wouldn't make yeah, those he, comments. He but he either way, damage has been done. And clearly he's demonstrated what he wants. And uh, surprise, surprise, they spend millions of dollars every year yep. for that club. Um, then he comes out and says that, and you start questioning you know, the fairness and the equity of the competition if that's the... Uh, you know, your, your head guy. Exactly right. CEO. And you heard something on Friday Night Football, which I didn't hear. What did you hear? Yeah, well, look, uh, Hamish, his brother, it's a small world, isn't it? Yep. Hamish, small world. Uh, McLaughlin came out and said that he'd absolutely categorically heard that uh, Cornelio won't be going to Carlton, which, you know, he's a journalist, he's a reporter in his own right, and that's fine. But, uh, yeah, it all starts getting a little bit inbred for me when he's the brother of the CEO who's come out and made similar comments and explain that he doesn't want a player at the club. So it's just, yeah, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Well, I would hardly say that Hamish McLaughlin's a, in any way, a sensationalist journalist. He doesn't, no. doesn't he's not a, um, he's not, not a shock jock. He's, he's not a shock jock. He doesn't come out. And he, the thing is, he doesn't come out and ever Generally doesn't talk about rumours. Like or- so I'm reading in the, in the paper today. So not only does that comment bother me because it's, Kind of making me think, well, there's a bit of merit to it, considering yeah, the comments from Gil yeah, McLaughlin. where it's coming from, yep. But now in the paper today, it says that Cornelio and Hamish McLaughlin have some sort of ownership or stake in a, in a restaurant together. So Stake in a steak restaurant? Is it a steak restaurant? Do you know what? It might be a steak restaurant. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Both got steaks in the steak. Steaks in the steak. So those comments, like we said, with the relationship with Gil and if there is a personal relationship between Cornelio and Hamish, which is obviously no issue with that, but it just puts merit to the fact that is Cornelio actually coming to Carlton? Yeah, look, it, it reeks, and we want him at Carlton. We want Cornelio there, so you know, don't like hearing it, but get stuffed, the two of you. Well, it's um, I'm thinking it's got a bit more merit than than what we think. So, um, let's watch this space. I'm really hoping Cornelio will uh, want to come to Carlton, but. Who yeah, knows? It's a bit of a worry hearing those comments. Yeah, it is. Um, Bradley Pitts for you, Chris. What's doing it for you? Umpires. Again. <laughs> not, not again. I know, I know we say we don't Leave want to back them. We don't want to back them, but how can you sit and watch yesterday's game and not bring them up in some discussion on a podcast? They were terrible. 
absolutely terrible. I I don't know. You, you went on about it last week about how you don't know oh, if you're watching the same umpires. game. Goal umpires. Yeah, you went goal umpires. You're talking umpires in general. And, yep. you know, you, you go to a game and you, you don't even understand the rules having been involved your whole life. Um, I'm similar. I just sat there and just heard whistle after whistle in the centre clearances or in the centre square and had no idea what they were for. I'm seeing Patrick Cripps getting scragged and tagged off ball and then they're getting off ball free kicks. Um, it just... It does my head in. I'm, the whole crowd understands. You know, you, you heard them. They were, they were vocal. They shared their their opinions. Um, and this look, the one that typified me was the the free kick against Levi Casbolt running back to the goal square on uh, Carlisle. Went to intercept from front on. Pulled out. Didn't clip. Had no impact. And just automatically, it's a free kick. It's 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 an assumed free yep. kick rather than a real free kick, and that's a goal. Do you feel better? I feel a little bit better. And it's off your chest. What about, what about the siren? The siren moment. We had an exact replica and rubbed it in from last week. A mark after the siren, <laughs> Silvani. <laughs> yeah. that, paid, paid, and then <laughs> not paid. So they do have the do you know what? I, capability um, to... I'll, <laughs> as, you know, I'll, I'd like to think I'm not too one-eyed, but that wasn't a mark. That it was, was, no, it was, was after. But, that but was very, how, I know. how insulting. Yeah, if you're a St Kilda, they, they St. Kilda sport, you'd be fuming. But they, they paid the mark originally, and then no. they overturned it. They couldn't have done that last no, week? No, that was... Um, <laughs> so that was rubbing salt into the wound, wasn't it? Yeah, there was um, a supporter nearby, Carlton supporter, that believed that was uh, a mark, and when I went kind of questioned further, he, with he, made, he withdrew <laughs> with a smile. All right, Chris, so we're going to continue on with the segment that we've been doing for four podcasts now. So, It's a popular segment, this one. Is it a tradition? Yeah, I think so. Well, if we've well, done it 100% of the time, it's a, it's a tradition. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to do a, a famous... It's not an accident. It's not an accident. No, yeah. definitely plan for it. Um, we're going to do a famous jersey number for the Carlton Football Club. And I thought in honour of um, Daisy Thomas's last game... Last home game, being the MCG. An announcement for his retirement. retirement, of course. We'll do the number 39. That sounds good to me. I've got a clear uh, standout in that number, but uh, you are the stat man. This is your segment. You go ahead. There's only been 13 players to to don the number 39. And what would the average be for each number? You surely have that information. Oh, oh, geez. It's not a lot. 73? Seventy what seventy three games averages you saying? No, no, just the average amount of games for each number. If you're saying oh, it's lower, I reckon it's a lot lower. Anyway, um, yeah. So thirteen. There's only been two players that have been a hundred game players wearing the number thirty nine. Can you name them? I can give you Ange Christou, and how many games did he end up playing? Because it Ange Christou, one hundred and fifty. Oh, well, that was a bit less than I thought. But uh, how geez, good was Ange Christou? player. Woof, woof. How exciting was going to the football yep. and just getting to yell out, woof, every like time. 15, 20 times a game. <laughs> Even if he chipped it. <laughs> I mean, talk about a player having a bit of pressure to kick the ball long. <laughs> he only played 150 games because his hamstrings were done by the end of his career because he had to kick it 70 metres every time. I'd love to know how many uh, handballs he averaged. He, playing I don't reckon he ever Not did. Many. Did he ever... Did he, Ever get a woof for a handball? No, I'm sure. Well, yeah. Sure in jest. Oh, surely, surely. He was great. And Christie obviously played. Um, and he's a favourite Carlton player. Yeah, he absolutely. Yeah, who's, who's is his? Kudafidis. Kudafidis. <laughs> the two of them. Those two were uh, good mates. Um, so he played 1991 to 2002. Obviously played in the 95 grand final. 
and a legend of a fella too. Yeah, yeah, top bloke. Yeah, he was um he was awesome. And Chris too. Um, so that was the, one of the 100 game players. Who's the other one, Chris? Oh, I can't. I can't tell you off the top of my head. Plays for Carlton now. Well, that's a bit silly, isn't it? Daisy Thomas, hundred games. Of course, I thought we had. I thought it was no, 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 two, no, no. So two in total. Tricky one, not two extra. No, no, two in total. Two in total. Thomas and Woof. Dale Thomas, hundred games. So he's done pretty well, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, we've touched on it a bit. I mean, he's turned his he turned his career around. Yeah. He wasn't going to get to hundred Carlton games at any stage. No, and he previous to the last two years, three years. He started in 2014 and he's obviously going to play up until the end of 2019, but he had a an interrupted 2014. He had a, um, did his shoulder against Richmond. first game, wasn't it? And he was actually playing a right, but just got slung and yeah. pop. Yeah, so he, um, yeah, he was a great player for Carlton. Right, so he's a great player for so Carlton. So two 200 gamers. Yep. There's anyone else of note within that? Yeah, there was a... Um, this is going to be a quick segment otherwise. Source. Source Jacobs. Source Jacobs. Number 39. Number 39 played from 2007 to 2010. Obviously, um, the first couple of years were predominantly with the Northern or exclusively yeah, with the Northern Yeah, he was picked up as a mature rookie and he was always going to be a development. How many games do you reckon he played? Um, probably between the, the 20 to 50. 17 right? games. So only 17. So, and when well, you look back, sense, he was a fourth it? string ruckman, yeah, unfortunately. Behind Warnock, behind Hampson, behind Cruiser. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, if we had our time again, would you maybe get rid of Warnock and Hampson and, and hang on to Jacobs? I, we probably didn't know. He was the thing is he was always very good when he played for us. Yeah, but he was a developing player. He, yeah. he came. He was a bit larger than he needed to be. He had to lose some of his puppy fat, but yep. he was always a very good tap ruckman. There was potential there, but um, but isn't hindsight a wonderful thing? Oh, absolutely. Look, it's hard to be too critical, but gee, that's a yep, not great decisions there. No, and look, and I think he's getting. I know he's played a bit of Magoo's this year for Adelaide, but I think he's back in the team. Yeah, this he's week, back so. in there, and he, I think he came back last week and played really well, so he'll stay in the team for the rest of the year. So we've got a few other players play that wore the number thirty nine. I won't get into all of them. There's a couple of one gamers there that, you know, it's one more game than we played, but just a, a recent one that, or two recent ones that you might remember. Wade Toomey played two games. Yeah, yeah, I do remember because my memory goes back more than yeah, it goes back a few years, but yeah, not much to note there. And Fraser Dale played two games in uh, Adam Dale's nephew. Yes, cricketer. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, the nephew. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting number. Not, not a whole lot to it. And seeing how you've just brought up Sam Jacobs in uh, the Adelaide Football Club, did you enjoy the viewing last night? We really needed Port Adelaide to win last night, didn't we? Yeah, we, we needed Port to win. They fell fell apart altogether. But having a big Adelaide loss, uh, it was yesterday, wasn't it? Not last night, the Adelaide game? Uh, the Adelaide game was on, yes. It was the afternoon, wasn't yeah, it? Was, yeah, it was, So, um, look, great result for Carlton in that pick swap. Um Let's let's hope that continues. Adelaide's form continues, and they uh, drop right out. I think they might still hung on yeah, to the so eight, but there's they, the Bulldogs get up. So they, they obviously had a, a big loss to uh, a big loss to to Collingwood. They're sitting eighth at the moment on forty points, on hundred and three percent with Port Adelaide, who's on forty and hundred and three, who are just outside of the eight. So we, we really needed. Port Adelaide to yeah. win yesterday yeah. to throw Adelaide out of but the But the Bulldogs are a chance to take that position, aren't they? So the Bulldogs game, which is currently, currently underway, underway um, we desperately need them to win and they will knock Adelaide out of the eight. Yeah, because fantastic. we need we need Adelaide we to, to finish to, outside the they eight. They have to finish outside the eight. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty confident if they finish out of the eight, um, we're not going to finish 
bottom. We're going to finish third last. Well, we're going to be third last, I think, regardless now. Um, well, we've got a chance to maybe overtake Sydney, although they had a win, oh, so it gets yeah, a bit messy there. it does there, get a little bit messy, way. but yeah, there's a chance. But I think then it's kind of worked out pretty well. And I think Adelaide have got the Bulldogs, I think, in the last round, all next week. Adelaide have the Bulldogs? I think that's the case. So that'll go, obviously, the they winner They do, of yeah, that. 110 at, um, yeah. Yeah, well, that'll be a big 110 game. 110 on the Sunday. one to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll uh, be watching that one. All right, and then we'll uh, now have a look towards the game preview for Geelong Saturday one forty-five. It's it's another big game, isn't it? Because at the um, Cattery, I oh, know. Big pardon. It's four thirty-five. Th- yeah, four thirty-five. Okay, so it's an afternoon. Interesting time slot. That is an interesting time slot. Well, can I ask why is this game at the MCG? Uh, that's a fair question. I think um, I guess the AFL or the Cats probably consider this minnows after last year not being able to attract a big crowd but oh fair enough like Geelong it's their home their home uh, ground but oh, yeah. I would have thought a club you know it, it would be a reasonable crowd um, yeah financially they might be kicking themselves potentially yeah. because I mean there's going to be probably 20-25,000 that, that miss out that it otherwise have been at the game yeah I mean there's nothing really stopping us going down but maybe that's one that I might watch on the TV <laughs> I think that might be one we watch on yeah. the TV but um, look it's, it's a big game I imagine we could snag that for the last game of the season and Look, Geelong are coming off a one-point loss to Brisbane, but they played that in 27, 28-degree heat. That's yep. going to wear, wear you out. Yep. So, and that's, they, they might be ripe for the picking, but um, as we know, they're, they're very hard to beat yes. in Geelong. Yeah, they are. Look, oh, they're hard to beat anyway. They're a, they're a great team, but their, their form lately hasn't been great. So I think if there's one to win, it's going to be the last game of the round before finals after they've come off a, a big testing loss yeah. in, um, in a... In hotter weather than Melbourne, put it that way. Which yeah, look, and it's, it's just got to zap you. The heat up there, you know, twenty seven. It's been a long time since it's been like that in uh, Victoria. So who who will come in this week? Do you think for Carlton? Oh, it's a good question. I don't, I don't even know why Weedering was out. Do you have any? Insight? No, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure why Weedering was out. So depending, I mean, he comes back if fit. Um, we work that out. I don't think he, well, he for some it. reason I feel like he's out for the season though. Yeah, for, well, for you remainder. might be right. I, I got to the game and just saw that Darcy Lang was in and. Didn't even know who was out originally. So, uh, look, he might come in. Cunningham's playing twos. I don't think you're going to mess with the team too much. Um, uh, Lang probably goes out and gets replaced by anybody. Um, <laughs> who, who do you think comes in? So, yeah, look, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like I said, I don't think too many changes. Cunningham might get a, get a go, but no other real thoughts other than that. Jones is out for the season. So, yep. we'll see. Don't tinker too much with it with a, what is a winning team. It looks like Weedering had a... Um a low-grade groin injury that yeah, he sustained I'd, in training. So I'd be surprised if they risk him then. Yeah, I wouldn't bother. Yeah, I mean, look, a win would be un- unbelievable, but is it is it really worth any sort of further injury that's going to hamper his uh, his preseason? I wouldn't do it. So a big one. I'm just looking at uh, matchups. Who plays on the tomahawk? The big body of the tomahawk. Well, you know, Jones, no Marchbank, no Weedering. What about the big big Levi? That's that's what I'm thinking too. That's going to be two, what, big two big boys. Two, two big, big boys. boys going at each other. Yeah, that would be... Um, geez. That could be, be special, couldn't it? That could be a really good matchup. I guess the only thing is that uh, Hawkins tends to take a lot of his marks out on the lead, yep. which isn't necessarily a strength of no. Casbold as a, as a back, but anyway, it's more yeah. your Jones yeah, exactly. closing speed uh, yeah. strength. But yeah, look at what the big bulls go at each other, I say. Yep. So hopefully... Uh, we have a win over in Geelong, and we'll be coming back next week to to dissect that game. So if you like what you've heard today, even just parts of it, follow us on social media. 
Yep, you can follow us on Instagram on the underscore bluebaggers underscore podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitter handle, the underscore bluebaggers, all one word. Feel free to drop us an email. We are the bluebaggers, all lowercase, at gmail.com. Dot com. Do you need a .com after the email? You do need a .com after the email. Make sure you add the .com. Thanks for listening. We are the Blue Baggers. Blue Baggers.